One, the bandwagon radio in full swing. You know how we do this thing, man. Hit that bell, subscribe right now so you get those notifications when we drop a new episode like this one right here. Another special edition of the rundown segment here on the bandwagon radio where I, myself, Jay Bragg, sits down with artists across the globe, give them a chance to open up about their personal life, their music, and of course, you know we got to drop that new heat before the end of the show's out. Got a special guest on the phone lines right now, hailing all the way from Philadelphia, PA. That's right, Philly's in the building. My man PMP Mars on the phone lines. What's going on, big dog? What's up? What's up? It's your boy PMP Mars, the principal of the problem. How you doing? Man, I am good, brother. Pleasure to have you on the show today. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. Uh, I had a chance to check out the new single, by the way, the For the Culture. We're going to talk about that. Um, of course, I'll let you introduce it a little later on in the show. Um, and then I like to give artists a little feedback of what I thought about music as well, just as an avid fan of, of music. Okay, so I'll give you a little feedback what I thought about the music as well. That's all right. Alright, sounds good. But before we get into all that, of course, uh, let's open up a little bit of dialogue for my listeners. Let's talk a little bit about growing up right there in uh, Philadelphia. Um, PA, what was that like growing up in Philly? Honestly, it's a lot of diversity, you know. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the streets and all that. You try to stay out of it. See, either you playing sports, you at school, or you at work. So that's basically how I was. Bounced around from different parts of Philly, living when I was living with my grandma, back and forth living with my mom. And overall, like growing up out here, like you learn a lot. Like you get street smarts and book smarts at the same time. Okay. Even if you're like really out there in the streets, you still get mad book smarts just from that. So it trans, oh, a lot of a lot of things translate over. Yeah, a lot of things translate over. Like you learn a lot of lessons from everybody, even the oldest people. You can learn lessons from people younger than you, because they might be doing more than you out here. You learn lessons from any angle. There's like people's age down here and experience are two different things. Wow, wow. Now that's that's big. And and you you being a, a, a how old are you? Uh, let our, art, our listeners know how old you are as an artist, because you're not old yourself you're kind of in that yeah. cusp i'm not even old myself right that's the crazy part i'm only 
I just recently turned 20. Right. And okay. I've been feeling like I've been grown since I was like 12. Like I always had like a way bigger mindset. I wasn't really on none of that young boy stuff getting to all the bull crap. Right. So you already pretty much, it's almost like a, you know, fast growing up. This is what I'm getting from you. Yeah. Yeah, I always had a mature mindset. It was always like the quiet person, just listening, watching, educating myself. That was my main focus. Okay. Now, what what led you into being an artist? Like, what, what brought you to the music side? Artist-wise, into the music. It's when I first heard an artist named XXXTentacion and when PNB Rock started popping off from Philly. Okay. My generation, we're just like naturally depressed for no reason at all. So hearing like their vibe, R&B music, it was getting to me. And then I started writing a little, uh, you know, they started to trend on social media when people would make covers of songs, 60 seconds, and you just rapping, putting the, your best content and your emotions into it. I was doing that. So I was doing like Neo songs, Drake songs, Mario songs, just rapping on Instagram. And when I started high school, that gave me like a whole extra thousand followers. Like people, oh, you the boy from Instagram that's making a little rap video. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't really talk to nobody. That's what really got me into music though was XXX and those challenges. Wow. Okay. So it, if it wasn't for that and you, I guess, homing in, you, you might not even be rapping. So everything happens for a reason, I guess. Honestly, I would have started rapping later, if anything. Because my friends that was around me, I only had one. And his name Quilly Da Vinci. He, he, he like my brother. He my young boy at the same time. Mm -hmm. He was already rapping. And I heard his music. And I'm like, oh, that's fire. Like, I want, you know, I want that people's reaction. I want that energy. I want people to get hyped with me. So that's when I really started, like, recording tracks. That pushed me into recording tracks. But prior to that, yeah, if it wasn't for the challenges, I wouldn't have started, like, writing anything. I used to just write poems and not songs or melodies. Right. But now you being an artist more developed now, somebody that's understanding the game more, how to put together songs, how to make music. Now you focused on the marketing side. Like how has that transition been for you? Like growing into your artistry? Honestly, at first it was rough because at the beginning, you know, you gotta learn how to control your voice, you know? You gotta learn like everything from scratch, how to make beats and stuff. Like when I started, I was, I was 16. I didn't have money to go just out to the studio. I didn't have a car at that time. Like I was still getting my license. So I wasn't about to just try to dish bread out. I didn't have. Mm. So I sat there, I taught myself how to, um, what's it, make beats. Writing music came naturally to me because I used to write poems and stuff. And my mom, she was like real good at writing poems. So that played a big part in it. I had got the poetry award in school, school for that too. So that played a big part in it. But when it came to, like, making the beats and stuff, I was really, for, like, the first two years, I was honestly bullshitting. Like, making the beats was like, all right, the minute I started up, I couldn't hear what I wanted, couldn't make it, fumbled it, didn't make it. Then I got good at making the beats. Once COVID hit, I got real, real good. Like, I had, like, a whole epiphany mentally. And I just started going in ground mode. I didn't have to write no more. I could just go right to the mic and just, boom, make a couple lines, punch in, freestyle it come up with the whole idea and the content and then just go from there. Like I know how I went the song the minute I hear the first few seconds of the beat. Now talk to us a little bit about the second album. 
because I mean, like I said, you're 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 in a position now where you you've learned more, you've developed more. Um, you, I, I think you find just you find yourself the more and more you grow with what you're doing in your craft. So, what, what, talk to us a little bit about that that second album and what people can expect from it now being more mature of an album. The second album, you can expect good rhyme schemes, good punchlines, bars, flows, good energy in the beat. Basically, like my own sound. Honestly, every time I show old people or like even people my age. My music, they say I don't sound like nobody. My voice is unique. You know what I'm saying? I had to grow into using my voice as a singing voice and as a rapper voice. Because before, I didn't I didn't really have the tone for it. But I had the skills to write. So from the album, you can really expect that. You can expect stories. Because I learned while doing this for as long as I've been doing it. I tell stories a lot. I always catch the vibe in the moment. So when you're listening to it, you can visually see it. Every time I'm making a line and I'm punching in the freestyle. I'll probably change the second line like 10 times until I can visually see what I'm saying mentally while listening to it. Mm. I like the music to be acoustic, the reverbs to be perfect. So when you have the headphones in it, like you're listening to Chris Brown or Janae Aiko's R&B with all the reverbs and space space effects going on and you're just floating. That's, right. that's really how I like it. So you can expect that. And you can expect the 808s and stuff to be hitting so you can fill it in your chest when you clean it, bump it in, in the car, bump it in, in the house. You know, you can get active to it. Talking to my man PMP Mar right now, Philadelphia PA on the phone lines. We're talking about the new single for the culture right now. Uh, what was the purpose of this particular song in your mind as the artist and creator? What was the purpose of this record? The purpose of the whole album for the culture and all the singles. It basically went like I was tired of making music, but feeling like I wasn't getting the amount of views or recognition I should have been getting because everyone would tell me it's great. But on the business side of it, I was still learning how to push my music. I was still learning how to contact different campaign companies and get stuff put out. Right. So me making that was like, okay, I'm going to make everything from scratch. Beat to finish to master. And then put it out the way I want. The cover art took professional pictures. Everything was just by myself. What a what a what a hope um from my friends too. Of course, a little group. But that was the main focus of it, to let people hear me, to show them, oh, there's an artist out there that's making music and he's actually good. Instead of sitting here putting out content with no business side backing it up, no campaigns that's not being heard. Because mm -hmm. it's not just gonna magically blow up. Like, it can happen, but it wasn't just going to magic blow up for me because I sound vastly different from everybody in Philadelphia. I'm not making, like, Philly drill stuff. I can do it, but I don't want to fit in. I want to stand out. That's really the goal of it. Mm -hmm. So it was just really to separate me from Philadelphia as a whole and to display my own sound that I came up with, that I always lock into, that I like, and that other people like, too. And as this year goes on from when I dropped it, I've gained many more followers. I've gained many more plates on Spotify, it's like the first time I dropped songs or a take that went all the way up to 200,000, which mm. was four weeks. Four weeks. Ran it up. In four weeks. And I feel really accomplished because then you sit there and think about it, dang, I did that by myself from scratch. I built the beats. I came up with all the lyrics. Nobody gave me a line. Nobody was like, change this word. It's just like I was in control. You just feel a sense of responsibility and achievement. Mm -hmm. 
that was really the end goal. Now, on the reverse side, what, what, what were the feelings or emotions you wanted the listener to have? I wanted them to feel everything I'm saying. When it came to the sad songs, track number 14 is my favorite um, one on there. It's called Praise to the Utmost. When I was making the beat, I actually was watching um, like a little movie, and they had like a church scene. and just started making me think about like church and stuff. But, you know, I haven't. I haven't been in a while. I just do it from home. I'll pray, do my praying there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to make a beat called Praise to the Utmost because I was also going through a little depressed phase. Like I said, my generation, we get depressed literally for no reason. We just feel sad. So I wanted to talk about that in that song. And I'm pretty sure I did a good job. I made it cinematic how I wanted. I made the hookup. And if you listen to it, you feel the energy in the beat. And you can visually see everything I'm saying. Everything I'm saying... I said it so vividly and delivered it to an extent where there's no way you couldn't possibly visually see what's going on. As I'm telling the story of being depressed or thinking about suicide, stuff like that, touching on topics that a lot of people don't like personally talking about, right. but I'm just going to put it out there because it's like, there's really no point to hold back or to hide it. It's like, we all feel like that from time to time. People just don't like talking about it. So somebody got to talk about it. Some people just like to listen. It helps them out, helps you out, get my feelings out. It was better like that. Almost like a therapeutic type of release. Yeah, yeah like that That song was more like a therapeutic one. Because even my friend, like she she has multiple things going on, like bipolar and stuff. She listened to that song and was like, bro, like that, that song was like everything I've ever felt when I'm depressed and stuff. A couple of the other sad songs, Heartless. Some of my friends that are always out there, like, you know, doing what they got to do, they listen to that song like, damn, I really felt that. I really feel when you were saying how you was heartless and how you do did what you had to do, how you miss your brother, this, that, and the third. Like, they, they get what I'm saying. And then in the hype songs, they like that, too. Like, oh, you talking about bitches, da-da-da, the cousin and the sister. Like, they, they connect with that stuff. It's fun for them. So I like to catch it in the moment. That's why I start writing. And I made that whole tape. Just freestyling it or punching in line by line. Now, let me ask you this question: Why, why do you consider your music like a drug, or your drug of choice? Why? Why is your music your drug of choice? I would consider it a drug of choice because I never make up stuff. And I always keep it clear, like, I'm not making music to hide nothing. I'm not making it to express myself like how other people be making it. I'm making it to just to tell my story like anybody else. Because verbally, without music or not, me personally, I will tell my story. I'll tell people what's going on. I'll tell them what happened. I'll tell them my struggles. But putting it into a form of music is, like, so much better. Because it's like, now you got millions of people to listen. You know, I don't need a therapist. If anything, with my music, I'm a therapist to myself. I'll make vent sessions, and it'll just be me freestyle. I stuff I won't put out, and I'll listen to that and listen to back how I feel. Stuff I used to just do mentally without music, but it's just a way better feel. And I know other people can't mentally sit there, talk to themselves, assess how they're feeling and stuff. Some of them, they turn, you know, smoking weed, maybe doing different drugs, just trying to find a way. But I'd rather them, like, if they find my music, 
listen to that. If they need my sad song, listen to that. That's going to be their drug. They're going to understand that they're not by themselves because a lot of people feel alone. Right. When you're going through the most like heavy situations, if you ever notice, and even in your own personal life, if you ever notice when you're going through something that's so personal or critical that people outside your environment wouldn't understand, you feel like you're by yourself. Even if there is people in your circle that understand, you still feel by yourself because it's just hitting you way harder and they can't do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you put into a musical form, it's just something about music that just get the people, like the drums, the piano, the melodies. It's something about instruments that make you just feel emotional or feel happy, feel sad. Even just like a violin playing, like with no words. People used to cry at that. So would you say that's your kind of your goal and your mission when releasing your music is to kind of touch people in some way? Oh yeah, overall that's my goal. When it comes to the to, to the R and B and sad stuff, it's to touch people. When it comes to the hip hop stuff, it's to get people, you know, turned up. Like some people feel awkward. Some people scared to be the first person to dance at the party. When you listen to my music, I want you to feel like you're the first person to dance at the party and with no fear. Like I want you to get turned up. My song come on and it's something that you like. Be the first person to start dancing. Everybody gonna follow after you. I wanna present myself as somebody that's not scared to say anything in the songs. Just present it. Go first. Be the first one to do it. Cause everybody else gonna follow. Everybody else gonna hold back until somebody else do it in the first place. Then they jump on the bandwagon. Shameless plug. (laughs) That's the reason for the name of the show, brother. I get it. Now, Talk to us about why did you name it that for the culture? Why is that so important? Now, for the culture, it's because my roots, right? You know, I'm black, I'm Jamaican, so that's really like for my roots. So when I, when you think about African culture and stuff, and you know, like the roots of music before even hip hop started, when it was just drums and stuff, all that stuff comes out of. Africa, Jamaica, Nigeria, and stuff. That's like for the culture. So I'm taking it back with that name, talking about from the roots of music, from the drums. Where Africans have like holidays and stuff, and it's just all drums, and they're jumping around to the beat in their own beat. I can't remember some of the dances because I learned it before, but you get what I'm saying. Right. It's all in like the drums is really the big part. Like the drums was there before they was even playing pianos, playing guitar, and stuff. They was playing the drums and you can feel that mm-hmm. that's really where the name came from i was like all right this this for the culture this, this for the culture this for the music culture for the hip-hop culture don't lose less r&b in it it's for the r&b culture overall it's for the culture because black people is the one like we we it's hip-hop is our game other people can enter it but hip-hop is really our game it's really our our like what's it our like Biggest achievement when it comes to music, hip hop, and total—they love it. Now, let me get a little bit of feedback before we continue with the interview. I'm gonna give you some feedback what I thought about the record myself too. Uh, like I said, I like to give artists feedback just from a standpoint of radio, but also being like a fan of music and and the culture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So I thought the record was very fun, uh, up-tempo, of course. It was a fun up-tempo record. Uh, I thought the wordplay was very dope. Um, it, it's, it can slide right into what's currently going on, you know, in radio, the sound. 
Um, right. So I can hear it on different playlists. I can hear it on radio. I think it has the potential for crossover even, you know, not just hip hop, but possibly even that top 40 in that crossover uh, space. Um, definitely can hear it on different platforms though, other than just radio, you know, movie soundtracks, different things like that. Um, it has the potential to cross over into other medium spaces as well. Um, nice, nice writing on this one and, and good lyrics. Um, your voice is unique. You said it yourself is very unique, uh, sound overall. Uh, I like the smooth vibe and flow on the record. Um, and you were pretty much riding the beat on this one. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of good things going on with the song. A lot of good things going on with the project overall from what I'm seeing in here. So, you know, keep working, brother. I look forward to hearing more and seeing more from you. But that's kind of my take from the uh, the single, the new single. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And it's crazy because, like, I, every time I get reviews, I be, I be expecting, like, you know, critical stuff, like, you know, a little harsh. Like, I didn't like this or that. But every time I get, like, reviews on music I make, it's always good. And generally, I don't never put out something that I know is bad because at the end of the day, I'm making the beat and I'm also the artist, but I'm also the listener. So I'll play my music back like it's not mine and listen to it and be like, damn, he should have said that. I'm just talking about myself. <laughs> I was about to ask, is that hard to do, though, to like step outside of yourself and listen to it, you know, as another person? Like, No, honestly, because, bro, each song, is a different character. Put it like that. That's why I stopped writing. Each song is a different character. Okay. You're not going to approach every song the same. So at the end of the day, if you're a listener, you're not going to listen to every song the same. Some people might like hearing R&B songs loud. Some people like hearing them low. Some people might want to hear the baby music turned up, or they might want to hear on some chill, stuff like that. It, that might be they smoke music. Mm-hmm. And then they hype music might be R&B music. You never know, you know? So being a listener is not hard because... You know, I already listen to other people's music that's already up there, that's already famous. Being a listener was never hard, but I started off that as a listener. Mm. That's a good way to put it. Huh? I, I always imagined that would be hard, though, even when I talk to other artists. You know, I, I hear different points of views and perspectives, and this is a very, very interesting one you're, you're presenting because, you know, it, I would imagine just from the outside looking in that that would be sort of hard to turn off your ears of listening to what you're, you know, you're producing your your project and then being able to take yourself out of your project and just look at it from the listener's perspective and just the consumer's perspective, if you will. Um, right. So that's, that's that mean, that's, that's dope if you can pull it off. You know, I just, I know I've ran into some artists that can't do that. So that's, that's unique and special within itself when you can actually do that, step outside of yourself and critique yourself in such a way where you're not being biased. Right. And I'll be honest with myself because, what's it, the, the, the studio I go to in Philadelphia is called Repercussion Studios. The CEO name is Anthony. He is the hardest critic I have ever met. And that was my first time going to the studio. Like, he told me about, like, make your voice sound harder. This is when I was learning how to control it. Make your voice sound harder. No, it's about delivery. It's about timing. Like, right. he told me about that right. stuff. Before, I was just writing and flowing from what I already heard, but I didn't know there was like a deeper insight into the musical side of it. Right. Even all the way to you talking about the characters, different characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He told me the basics of that. And from there, I ran with that. I built from that. I, I listened to other people's songs. I go all the way back, listen to Kanye's old stuff. I was just listening to um, Lil Wayne, the Carter too. I was mm-hmm. listening to that, listening to the day delivery, 
how smooth they was. You can hear the confidence in the song and the voice. And then over time, I learned it's like, all right, I can just go in there and just punch in freestyle. Cause that's when I get the best vibe. Like the first idea or the first melody is usually the best. 90% of the time, it's usually the best thing. Like that's the pocket of the beat. Always find the pocket of that. Once I learned all that, it was just straight from there. Like I just kept building on it. I can hear certain things like in other people's songs that was already up there. Like, dang, they should have put something right here. Or I can hear that. Oh, to finish this song, they just took the the first part of the song and copied and pasted. Like I can hear all of that now. Like it's really crazy. Mm. That's dope. You being from the, on the front end and then the back end of it to be able to understand both spaces. Yeah, and I, like I've never been biased. Even when people ask my opinion, I've never been biased about it. I give my honest opinion, and I give reality. Like here's my opinion, and here's reality. Same deal with my music. Here's my opinion, and here's reality. If reality that the song is trash to me, the song is trash. It's not going on the album. It's just never going to be released. If the reality is that the song is fire, it's going out, even if I personally feel like it's not. If the vibe of it is perfect and it's turning me up, even if I don't like my choice of lyrics too much and think it can be better, I'm still going to put it out. You know, I put work into it. I'm still going to put it out. But if it's like completely terrible, of course I'm not going to put it out. Now, talk a little bit about the producer side for a moment. How long have you been producing? I started in 2016. Didn't really do it as much because I had, like, crappy laptops, so it could only do so much with the program I was running. Mm -hmm. Then 2018 came. I got a, a warehouse job at UPS. And during Christmas, like, you get a lot of hours, and they already have high pay. So, me, like, I'm generally a smart kid. So, mm -hmm. I saw it was easier and cheaper to build a computer versus buying one that has the same parts in it, but they're overcharging you for it because they're trying to make profit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I built my computer for, like, $1,200. Wow. And if I would have bought every, like, a computer pre-built, with the same parts, they would have charged me about eight thousand dollars. So, wow. money wise, I saved lots of money when it came to building the computer myself. That's dope, bro. I think that's yeah. very that's very important for our listeners to know about you that you were so serious and passionate about what you were doing that you did the, your research and that you investigated and found all the things you needed to put it together. Versus, like you just explained going to somebody who's going to upcharge you to do the same exact thing. Exactly. And, like, even my friends today that also are around me, like, everybody around me started making music, like, literally, because they see, like, how passionate I am. Like, I'm always driven to do it. I'm always like, let's go. Like, I'm always in, what's it, how you put it? I'm always in CEO mode. I'm just like, all right, bro, we're making a song today at this time. I'm coming to get you. We're going to finish the song today. If you got work tomorrow or what day you don't got work, I'm coming to get you at this time. Like, I'm always on go. Right. And I have a, a large group of friends, and out of the ones that actually take it serious, those are the ones I'll like make music with the most. And the ones that are like still trying to figure out how they want to go about it, they come and record. Probably every few months, you know, as you speak to them, they come and record. But at the end of the day, I'll be teaching all of them like, don't lie in your music. You can be cocky, but there's a difference between being conceited and cocky. You can be cocky and swagging your song, but don't be an asshole in person because you're not going to get nowhere like that. 
Thanks. At the end, yeah, at the end of the day, if we making music, we need connections. So you don't need to be being a dick to somebody that could probably have a plug to put you in the source magazine or in the hype magazine or get you on the Philadelphia radio station. Like you don't need to be being an asshole to people like that. You have to generally be a good person and make your music because at the end of the day, there's personal life and then there's the artist. Your artist is a whole nother being. You got to switch characters and you come back to your personal life. Be humble. When you be humble, everything go right. Young man, you sound like you got a great head on your shoulders. You got great music out here in the marketplace, man. Sky's the limit. Sky's not even the limit. Let me take that back, man. You sound like you got, you know, you know, you're, you're focused. You have things together. You you have a plan, you know, um, and that's that's big for somebody, especially you know, younger, somebody your age who might be more into, you know, a lot more other kids and you're around your age are dancing and partying and doing other things, and it, it seems yeah. like you're really focused. You know what I'm saying? And I I commend you. I applaud you for that. It's, it's, it's the maturity factor. Like, I'll be having to put some of the people my age in check. Like, they text me, yo, bro, you know some females, yo, bro, you trying to go? I'm like, no, bro, I'm trying to make music. That's what I'm doing today. I told you I'm not going nowhere. But, bro, that I know, bro, go make music. Like, <laughs> it's a maturity thing. And I went through the mental maturity way faster than everybody else. Like, I've been like this since I was 12. Mm. Other people around me, it was either we was close friends or we wasn't. I would click with people when I see they had maturity. If you didn't have maturity, I wasn't around you as much because it's like you're wasting your time. There's even I don't even talk to females unless they got something going on. Not saying they got to be a millionaire, but right, 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 right. Least, Yeah, if you're not at least working and stuff, then I don't I don't want to talk to you. Like I don't even want you in my presence. I don't want to do nothing with you. And there's been females that like cry to me and stuff like. But you're so nice. I want to talk to them. Like I don't want to talk to you because you don't do nothing. All you do is smoke and go to parties and buy a thousand dollar VIP tables and then complain how your phone broke. Your priorities <laughs> aren't straight. You got a new wig every week, but you don't got what you need. You know what I'm saying? Right. Priorities are messed up. Priorities and responsibility, like they don't have that, and they be thinking they do. They present it like that for about the first week. But, you know, the first week is always, like, the honeymoon. Right. You speak to them. And I can learn people in, like, after one conversation. Like, I'm real quick at reading people. So you speak to them, and then you probably throw a question in their way. And they answer you the right way or the wrong way. You see how they're going to react. You're like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Red flags. So, yeah, you're not on my level, sister. Thank you, though. <laughs> you're not. Mentally, they don't be mentally. <laughs> Talking about man PMP Mar right now, Philadelphia PA on the phone lines. Before I let you introduce the single, little bro, go ahead, uh, give out your social media so the listeners can follow. All my social media handles: Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Apple Music, Spotify. It's all at PMP Mar. Again, that's PMP Mar on all social media platforms. You can hear my music on any platform. It is, and they're going to listen to it right now because we're going to give it to them. Go ahead, introduce that new single for the folk, fam. All right, what's up? It's your boy, Pink Pimar, the Prince of the Problem. And you're about to hear my new favorite single and album for the coach. That's right, baby. You're hearing it right now on the bandwagon radio for the first time. Turn it up. Let go. Let's keep working. Let's keep working. Okay, let's keep working. Yes, I'm in the club and I dance how I choose. Whole game fly, pop, smoke like the woos. Sad it, I be moving through this bitch, I'm automatic. Keep it K with me and can't think what the static. And I be making shit happen just like the magic. Bitch, I'm Aladdin. Got a blue face on my wrist and on my chin and cost a fraction. And my 
niggas, they be done, they come with action And everybody love us, now we the caption We miss the fans halfway and now we matching She wanna chill, she gotta come with two Cause that's a whole lot more for my main crew That's the ass clapping loud like my chains too Seven figures, seven bitches, Jordan ranks too Now these niggas get to talking like my name new Cause I be busting through the game with my pain too Drop top Ferrari, it don't change you I pack a flip and flip a pack with my jits too And I'm aiming for this shit to be a platinum hit Cause hits make a name for a young J And anybody doubting me can't suck a dick Because when they see you working, they gon' wanna pay I be flossing like the strain, smooth as I claim And anybody fucking with me can tell you the same Sad is, I be moving through this bitch, I'm automatic Keep okay with me and can't think what the static And I be making shit happen just like the magic Bitch, I'm a Aladdin, got a blue face On my wrist and on my chain, it cost a fraction And my niggas, they be done, they come with action And everybody love us, now we the caption Never been the same nigga Ice on my bitch out And diamonds in baguettes Gotta spoil you my chick Cause she better than the rest She be fucking me with Megan And she put me to the test Shit that pussy so good It might put a nigga to rest She be sucking on my soul And I can feel it in my chest But the love between the shit It might just be the best Had to mark her up with tats On her neck Now she a mess I ain't never had this show For no bitch nigga Couple figures on my name Now I'm rich nigga Sad is I be moving through this bitch I'm automatic Keep a cape with me And can't think what the stat is just like the magic, bitch I'm a laddie Got a blue face on my wrist and on my chain It cost a fraction, and my niggas they be done They come with action, and everybody love us Now we the caption, we need the fans that way Now we matching, Yeah.